0: What's up, podcasts? Another day, another speech analysis. So in this episode, we are doing a TED Talk by Sarah Knight called The Magic Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Uh, and this was the TEDx Coconut Grove Conference. Now, this TED Talk was pretty interesting. Um, I liked it. I thought the content of it was pretty cool. I thought it was original. The only problem is this speech is very similar to the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And that book came out in 2016, and this speech was done in 2017. So I don't know if this person like read the book and came up with the idea because it's almost like identical to the book so i mean that's neither here nor there but it was just kind of confusing why this is so similar to that book um but besides that, I thought the speech was really good, I thought it was interesting, I thought the content of it was super cool. The thing to take away from this is the simplification of a very complex idea can be very attractive in public speeches, because most people, especially if you're in a room with a lot of people, have probably dealt with something similar over the course of their life, right? If you're with 100 people, more likely than not, most of them have experienced something that is similar to one another, and in this case, Sarah's talking about the attention that we have, choosing to give us the things that we don't want to give it to, essentially giving our fucks the things that we don't want to give a fuck about is something all of us can relate to. So she really simplifies that message in the art of her public speech called The Magic of Not Giving a Fuck. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy. I hope you guys like my analysis. Leave a speech that you would like me to review in the comments of wherever you can reach me on social media, and I will definitely check it out and probably do a speech analysis on the podcast. So enjoy the podcast, keep public speaking, and I will see you in the next one. Enjoy the content. Bye!
1: we're living in a post-tidying society everyone including me has a story about decluttering their home gathering all of their possessions into the middle of the floor deciding what brings joy and then bidding farewell to a set of spatulas in pursuit of a calmer happier life but what if we could gather up all of the other stuff tasks events obligations relationships and drop it at the curb without a single regret and by doing so be free to focus our time energy and money on the stuff that really makes us happy well i figured out how to do it it is great and i call it the life-changing magic of not giving a fuck.
0: So let's start off and talk about the beginning of the speech. Um, I thought the beginning was pretty good. Um, There wasn't really like some magical narrative or like personal experience or current event uh, or asking the audience a question. It was more so trying to hook the audience by being very blunt in what she was talking about, which was our minds are too occupied with stuff that just doesn't matter into today's society, so we should start to like not give a fuck. And then the very blunt part was when she said this is her magical thing about not giving a fuck, the audience reacted to that because it's a very blunt, explicit way of simply saying that we don't need to focus on stuff that doesn't matter.
1: Uh, I hope you'll excuse my language because there is more where that came from. So, before I can teach you how to stop giving a fuck, we have to talk about what it means to give one in the first place. Giving a fuck means you care, right? So when I say, I don't give a fuck about Game of Thrones, I mean, I don't care about Game of Thrones.
0: Sorry to all the Game of Thrones fans out there. I, I don't give a fuck about Game of Thrones either. Don't hate me for that. I just, I just didn't vibe with the show. It's, I heard the finale was really bad, though, so, you know, it's good I didn't waste my time.
1: <laughs> now let's take the concept a step further, and let's define your fucks as your time, energy, and money. So if you don't care about something, you should stop giving your fucks to it. I don't care about Game of Thrones, so I don't spend time watching it. I don't spend energy wondering where the next season is going, and I don't spend my money on the books or merchandise or anything Westeros-related. Game of Thrones does not get any of my fucks. (laughs) Make sense? (laughs) By making these calculated decisions, you wind up with more time, energy, and money to spend on the things you really do care about. And I call that making a fuck budget.
0: So, obviously this is uh, pretty humorous. Bringing in uh, another visual aid that will help to uh, explain the rest of the speech. So, the fuck budget with like the, the piggy bank and coins being put into it. All of that stuff visually that they're sort of uh, implementing into the speech is actually really powerful, right? Because saying a fuck budget versus having a fuck budget with a little piggy bank is different. It gives you more value. It makes it a little bit more entertaining, makes it a little bit more humorous. So, if you're giving a public speech that tries to uh, introduce a unique concept and you think you have a visualization of what it looks like, you should feel uh, empowered to share that visualization because it's one thing to let the audience visualize it themselves. It's another thing to do it for the audience so that they can focus more on the content of the speech and less upon trying to figure out exactly what concept you're trying to describe, especially if that concept is a more new, uh, nuanced concept.
1: I'll get back to Fuck Budgets in a minute. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about how the life-changing magic of not giving a fuck happened to me. Two and a half years ago, I was a senior editor at a major New York publishing house. I had spent 15 years clawing my way up the corporate ladder. I had a roster of best-selling authors. And everything I always thought I wanted from my career was coming to pass. But I was really, really really unhappy. The kind of unhappy that makes it hard to get out of bed in the morning. The kind of unhappy that makes it hard to commute 45 minutes on the New York City subway. And hard to spend 8 to 10 hours at your desk before turning around, going home, and doing it all over again. So I quit. And making that decision was also really hard. A lot of red wine, a lot of tears. But what came after I quit was nothing short of life changing. Once I removed myself from the culture and lifestyle of a job that had been making me so unhappy, I was free to focus my time and energy on.
0: So here is where. Um, Sarah is basically using a personal spirit experience, right? So she introduced it about where she was working uh, in terms of her corporate job. And now she's going to use that personal experience to transition into the uh, climax and resolution of the story that she's trying to build, which is her introspective personal journey of not spending her time, energy, and money and stuff that didn't matter.
1: And what would make me happy, including working, but just in a different way? and eventually on moving from Brooklyn to a tropical island. I stopped giving my fucks to working for a corporation, wearing pants, and taking those long subway commutes. And I started giving my fucks to working for myself, wearing bikinis, and taking long walks on the beach. I'm telling you, life-changing. But none of that change happened because I tidied up my apartment. It happened because I cleared out my mind.
0: Here, Sarah is making a little bit more of a distinction about um, how people say you need to declutter your space, right? That there's physical, if, if your house is a physical mess, your mind's going to be a physical mess. She's pushing back on this concept a little bit and saying that... Um, your, your, your physical uh, area is not as important as your mental area and there's not really that much of a correlation between the two but rather it's about being introspective and self-aware about where do you want to give your energy, where do you want to give your fucks and that is what's going to be life-changing, not like cleaning your room and walking into your room and, and seeing that everything's okay because your time and energy is still not dedicated towards the things that actually matter for you which in her case was wearing bikinis and taking walks on the beach.
1: Let me try and explain. Imagine your mind is a barn, and inside it are all of the things that bring you joy, but also all of the stuff that annoys you. The potential for a happy life is there, but you have to clear out the annoy to make room for the joy. This is mental decluttering, and it is magical. I did it by accident when I quit my job but it was so amazing that I developed a way for you to do it on purpose. I call it the not sorry method. It has two steps. Step one, decide what you don't give a fuck about. Step two, don't give a fuck about those things.
0: So the reason uh, this is important is because it's, it's taking what would be a long process or method um, or not that it's a long process or method, but mo- when most people say they have steps to something, people are like, oh, this is going to be a well drawn out process. But for Sarah, it's just making things very simple. Uh, and the simplification about not being, giving a fuck about something, not putting your energy towards something is ultimately giving her, uh, validity and like emphasis in the entire speech because it's making it so simple that the audience is sort of feeling the intuitive nature about if I don't care about this. I should just not care about this. And that's ultimately what she's trying to prove in the speech itself.
1: Simple, right? But I know what you're thinking. This sounds like a recipe for turning into an asshole. (laughs) It's okay, I get that a lot. But that's where the not sorry part comes in. See, my method is all about not giving a fuck using honesty and politeness. So in the end, you don't have to feel guilty. You are on your best behavior, and you have nothing to apologize for. You are quite literally not sorry. And you're also not an asshole. So how might the not sorry method work for you? Well, let's say you love Game of Thrones, and you've been invited to a Sunday night dinner party that interferes with watching your favorite show. You feel bad about turning down the invite, but you really love Game of Thrones and you don't wanna record it to watch later because spoilers. Well, you only have so much time, energy, and money to spend on Sunday night. So you need to consult your fuck budget. (laughs) Decide which activity brings more joy and allocate your fuck bucks accordingly.
0: So the the terminology being used here is pretty humorous, and the visual aid also helps with that as well. Um, And using that terminology to then be, I guess, a metaphor for what she's trying to talk about is what's overall making the speech more entertaining.
1: And I'm telling you, if you respond in a timely fashion, no thanks, can't make it, to that dinner party, you've done nothing wrong. You were honest, you were polite, and you don't have to be sorry about it. And that's just the tip of the fuckberg. (laughs) You can apply the not sorry method to anything. Tasks, events, obligations, even people. You start by making a list of everything that's cluttering up your mental barn. All of the impositions on your time, energy and money. The fucks you're being asked to give. To keep it manageable, I go by category. So, for example, work is one category. And five fucks on your list might be mandatory meetings, conference calls, your coworker's charity half marathon, a going away party for a coworker you don't even like, and doing your actual job. So, once you've listed them all out, you perform the not sorry method. Step one. Decide what annoys you. Non-essential stuff you don't care about. Step two, stop giving your fucks in the form of time, energy, and money to those things. Then cross them off your list with a big black marker. It feels good. Just go with it.
0: As you can see, everything she's saying, like even cross it off, uh, is corresponding to the visual aid. So this is a really good slide deck, and it's obviously planned out very well and timely with the words he's saying, because even when she's naming the examples, the examples are popping up on the visual aid, and then when she's saying cross them out, they're getting crossed out. So if you wanted to implement a visual aid that is cohesive with the words you're saying, this speech would definitely be a good example of like, how you would do that.
1: What I'm saying is, yes, you may have to get up and go to work every day, and you may have to attend some mandatory meetings. But you do not have to attend a going-away party for a colleague you don't even like. But if you're still having trouble not giving that fuck, I recommend a visualization exercise. Picture how you're going to feel when you walk into that party, annoyed or full of joy. It's been a long day. Your feet hurt. You don't love socializing with your colleagues at the office, let alone at a shitty bar. (laughs) You really don't love pictures of warm Coors Light. So what should you do? RSVP? No, of course. Why would you spend your fuck bucks or your actual bucks on this party? I'll tell you why. You do it because you feel obligated and guilty. You are psyching yourself out of a perfectly fine response, no, before you even try it. Most people just don't think this stuff through. They say yes to things like this right away and then wind up wasting time, energy, and money on an annoying, unenjoyable night out.
0: So this is a good exercise here because it's bringing up a thing that most people don't commonly do. Uh, which is just like ask themselves questions about what they want to do and Sarah is trying to Explain how simple again, which meets the whole theme of the speech uh, That she's giving of how you can get out of these situations and why it would be easy to do that But you just ask yourself the questions, about do you actually want to do what you're saying you want to do?
1: You waste even more time and energy just dreading the party a week beforehand and Even more trying to come up with ways to weasel out of your commitment and then worrying that you'll be seen as an asshole for bailing at the last minute. And honestly, if you do bail at the last minute, having never intended to go in the first place, then you are an asshole, and you should feel bad about it. Instead, pause, visualize, and say a timely, polite, no thanks, can't make it. This is how you stop spending time you don't have with people you don't like doing things you don't want to do. You'll be less busy, less burdened, less annoyed. You'll have so much more time, energy, and money, and you will wonder why you didn't stop going to baby showers 10 years ago. (laughs) But look, you don't have to quit your job and escape to a tropical island like I did. You can make massive, liberating, meaningful change just by clearing out your mental barn, making a fuck budget, and sticking to it. You don't have to organize a yard sale. You just have to say the words, no thank you. I don't have time. I can't afford it. You can even say, I don't want to. The world will not end. This is you being honest and polite. No fucks given, not sorry. The life-changing magic is right there for the taking. And to be honest, decluttering your house only takes about a week, and then it lasts one or two. But mental decluttering, learning how to say no, set boundaries, and give fewer, better fucks, that lasts forever. Thank you.
0: All right, so this was The Magic of Not Giving a Fuck by Sarah Knight. Pretty simple concept that she eloquently explained, which was in a really good way. Um, I like the constant use of visual aids and examples in this speech. It seemed very timely, it seemed very prepared. Um, I don't think Sarah was pacing around too much, which probably was to her benefit, but I think maybe if she walked around a little bit more and stretched her arms out a little bit, it could have, the speech could have been even a little bit more dynamic. Her voice wasn't necessarily monotone, but it definitely didn't like go you know like this the entire time. It was kind of pretty steady, which kind of makes sense for the point of the speech, right? Because if you're not giving a fuck, you kind of imagine chill, laid back, look, just don't care about stuff, which means you don't have to be super energetic in this speech. Um, So again, the content of the speech can very much dictate the energy you put forth uh, in terms of your delivery of the speech as well. So I hope you guys enjoyed this speech video. Please leave speeches you want me to analyze and I will definitely check them out in the next videos. And yeah, I'll see you guys next time. Bye.